Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening and welcome to this week's Man on the Post, back after some Skype glitches. Uh, my name is Chris, I am the founding member of the Brendan Out campaign, and uh, probably a solid member of the Brendan In campaign, I've got on the other side with me, I've got Adam. Hello. How you doing? Yeah, good. Just you and me this week, everybody else has gone. Um, poor excuses all around apart from Emma, who's had the first Man on the Post baby of the season. Uh, and there's always room for a second, Adam, because it's the Euros next year. <laughs> Of the season? When, is there something someone's not telling me somewhere? Well, no, I'm just saying there's always time. Season doesn't gone till May, does it? It carries on June and uh, July yeah, with the Euros. No. You've still got time. Well, I'll remember that. I'll put that in my diary. <laughs> yeah. Nine months before the end of the Euros final. That's your last chance. Uh, we should be talking about the Premier League this week. Um, we've got the Champions League and we'll be picking our Spurs all-time Premier League five-a-side uh, teams. But we'll be starting with... Uh, we'll be starting at White Hart Lane. Spurs for Manchester City one. Um, Spurs now fifth. City down to second. Uh, what of this did you see? I was at a wedding, so absolutely none live. Right. Um, and then I've seen I've seen a little bit. Of Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher talked me through it this, this evening. Talked you through it? Yeah, just that's, me. That was good of them. Personally. Yeah. And what did they tell you as you sat there with your sucking your pencil? They told me that um, Man City's defenders' inability to want to go into their own box is really starting to punish them. Is this all the same thing last season, that company doesn't trust Fernandinho and so pushes himself out? Is that what it is? It's, That's seemed, what they said last season. It's, it seemed like... A, obviously, there was no company there anyway. Mm. Oh, right. But, That's it, it. but it just seemed like a... Like, it seemed as if every defender's been told, almost been told, like, you can't go into the box. It was like they're playing... Watching Kolarov defend at one point was like watching him play a game of five a side. I'm not sure what goal it was, but it was the goal where Walker was offside when he crossed it. That's the one, where he won't go into the box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just some... Just some strange decisions about wanting to play, play a high line. It's like even... You, is it just me who doesn't really think of company as a pacey defender anyway? So apart from Mangala, it's not like it's a defence blessed with pace. Well, not that we're ones to nick things from other podcasts, but I was listening to another podcast that said um, Manchester United were after Mangala a couple of years ago. And the reason they didn't go for him was because he was so often out of play, or out of position, but he was happy to be out of position because he knew his pace would get him back into position if needed. And that is why they didn't go for him. Yeah, just... Yeah, just Happy to rely on his recovery place. Do you know who else used to do that? William Gallas. Oh, did he? Yeah. He was, he was at Spurs, wasn't he, for a bit? Yeah, and he was quick, so it was all right. Mm. Um, City score first. Did you see the City goal? It was a great goal, that one on the break. That was not what what they decided to highlight. Oh, wasn't it? 
they were all about the Spurs. Were they? I might well, have just missed that bit. They might, yeah. Well, Pellegrini thought with his willy, not his heart, because he stuck him in goal, didn't he? I think probably with the Champions League in mind. Um, Is that what that was? That was a resting of a goalkeeper? Well, they reckoned he was a little bit injured. But, I don't know. I think I think maybe he'd seen... He's got the champ- bit of the Champions League in mind and a bit of the fact that City always do Spurs over. And he thought, I could rest Hart. Oh, we could have him back for the Champions League. They said he was injured, but I, you know when people are injured but you're not entirely sure? What, you mean like when when Jack Wilshire has nine months off that could, could coincidentally be a, a drug span? Stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, of course. Yeah. There was one man, uh, journalist that got banned from Manchester United, apparently, because he pointed out the press conference that um, Rhea Ferdinand was injured. Fergie banned him, and the guy said as he was being led out, but I saw him on crutches. <laughs> um, three Spurs, his goals were offside, weren't they? But City have now lost three out of their last four, with all that in mind. And um, they're on a bit of a slide, aren't they? Especially when you think that in two of those games, at least in two of those games, I'm struggling to remember what the what the... What the other one was? What other game did they There was Juve, West Ham, this one, and then they won the League Cup, didn't they? Okay, so not the West Ham one, but in, so in two of those games, they went one nil up in them as well. Yes, they did, didn't they? So that's something that's got to worry you. Mm. Yeah, unable to defend the lead. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, I suppose Otamendi's got time to bed in, hasn't he? Or he needs time to bed in. But if you're a team as big as as big as Man City, you can't be become such a train wreck as soon as Vincent Company isn't available. No. No. Uh, I mean, I suppose that's why they bought him, wasn't he? I suppose that's why they bought Otamendi. So, I think Demi uh, Kalis played at some point in the match, didn't he? So, I don't know whether Otamendi went off or Mangala went off. Um, but he was certainly upset at half-time Demi Kalis was, presumably with uh, one of the goals. But, yeah. But at, one, at one point, in the, it's in the Carl Walker goal, he starts shouting at Sanya while the ball's still in play. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, what other great centre-backs are there to buy at the moment? But that's the thing, they, they got Ottomendi, didn't they? Because there's such a lack of talent at the moment at the back. But is it not coaching? How much is... Oh, I think an awful lot of it must be coaching as well, because you've got these players and they've had Mangala now for over a year, and he doesn't seem to be getting an awful lot better, does he? Dean Michaelis is Dean Michaelis. He's 34. He's not going to learn anything now, is he? But, yeah, you're right. To some extent, there's got to be some analysis of um, of the coaching that's that's there. Because look at, well, watching West Brom now, look at West Brom, a team that keeps an awful lot of clean sheets. Mm. And that's not down to the quality of the players, because that's something Tony Bulis has done at all of his teams. Mm. The greatest respect to some of these players at Stoke and Palace and now at West Brom. They're never going to be sold for £35 billion, pounds, are they? No, and on paper they wouldn't really get into the um, the City team, would they? Definitely not. No. But it's, it's something perennially they've not been able to solve, isn't it? I mean, they had this last season, they had this with Mancini as well, didn't they? Um, for me, City still don't have the uh, the mentality of a big club. No. That's not something. You, uh, that's something that comes with sort of ten, fifteen years of consistent winning, isn't it? Um, does it, or does it come with a manager? Uh, I think uh, the right manager would give it gravitas. Some kind of Catalan that's maybe managing in Germany at the moment. Well, I just think, how long does it take for 
when it, when you talk about if you talk, think back to two thousand and five, so ten years ago, hmm. Abramovich's money hadn't been there very long, but Chelsea had that mentality because Mourinho instilled it in that team. Yes, and that's never left them from then on. You can that's something you can buy in, hmm. but that's not been supplied to them by Mark Hughes, Pellegrini, or Roberto Martini. To some extent, Mourinho was a risk, wasn't he, all those years ago? He won the Champions League with Porto, but you know he could have been a one-season wonder as much as anything, um, and that risk paid off. Something that hasn't paid off for City. I mean, they inherited Hughes, didn't they? They went for Mancini, he didn't quite pay off, and Pellegrini is the same. The, the Mancini thing was always strange for me, because they wanted to win... <coughs> they wanted to go straight into winning in Europe, didn't they? Mm. So... They went for a guy who couldn't do it with Inter. When you say when when you hear when you hear the word win things in Europe, you don't think Roberto Mancini. No, no. Their next their next appointment is pivotal, really, isn't it? And it's got to be someone of the ilk of Guardiola or somebody like that. I think they should have got um, they should have got Mourinho when when they when he was available before he went to Chelsea. Yeah, because he would. Rightly or wrongly, he would have bought them that that mentality in. Yeah, definitely. I think that you kind of have to go for, we want that mentality first, and then we'll build on that, and then we'll try and play, try and develop a way of playing nicer football. And... Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of Mourinho, Newcastle 2, Chelsea 2. Um, Newcastle 10, 2-0, 2 up with 11 minutes left. Um, we didn't really talk about Costa, because Skype was down last week. So, just a quickie. Yay or nay, is he right to be banned for three games? Um, yes, he should have been banned, but they're throwing around, when you look at what he did, it wasn't particularly violent, and that's the words being thrown around to describe it, and that's the charge. I think what's the, the strangest thing is for me is how... Is how Gabriel's had his ban overturned. Yeah, now I mean, you can just react if you want. I mean, everyone saw him kick him. Mm. So I don't know what, how the FA have got a leg to stand on there. I can't believe anybody should be so stupid as to get involved with him. Surely if you were Wenger before the match, you would say about Costa, don't react. And then what does he do? He goes and reacts. I mean, I'd be, I'd be more unhappy at my player than I would be at Costa if I were Wenger. Or the referee. Do you think there's something because he's also had an incident with um, with other? Do you think there's something about the Brazilian connection? Uh, ah, right. Tim Vickery said something on the, the, the football phone. I think these two have had trouble before when because wasn't Gabriel? He's in La Liga, wasn't he? He played was he Valencia or somebody? Villarreal. Villarreal. They've had beef before these two. But also, I think that if I'm I might be misremembering, but I think he's also had beef with Fernandinho. Yes, he did, didn't he? Earlier on the season. Could be. Could be some kind of Judas, Kevin Peterson type comments made at him. It could be, because it could be... It could be people who perhaps underestimate him and think that actually you can get him sent off. Mm. Well, the, the stats don't back that up, because I don't believe... For someone who plays like he does, I don't believe he's actually had a red card in um, in over three years. No, but he's had bans though, hasn't he? I mean, the Skirtle or the Chan stamp got him a ban. This has got him a ban. 
I do love him to bits, though. I think he's great. I'd love him on my team. That's exactly it, isn't it? Hmm. Everyone would love him at your team. You just don't want to play against him. I'd love to play against him as well. It'd be fantastic to play against him. Personally, would it be fun to watch people playing against him who were your team? Uh, You're watching them get wound up. Yeah, oh no, personally. If I was in the back four for Liverpool, I'd love to play against someone like that. It'd be fantastic. Um, Back to this game, though. Uh, Or... They were 2 0, weren't they, Newcastle? Um, Chelsea got back to 2 2. Cruel saved at the end. Um, they were very lucky, Chelsea, to get away with the draw, weren't they? I think Mourinho pretty much admitted it, didn't he? Well, it's just. It's getting to the point now where talking about them doing badly isn't really a shock anymore. No. Which in itself is a shock. Hmm. But. They're just continuously poor. I don't. Uh, they just don't see. They don't show any sign of getting better, do they? It's not like you can see where they're going wrong because someone's injured, and you think when they get back they'll be better. It's just over and over and over and over again. Players are making just the same mistakes, or the players that are coming in are making mistakes. I mean, they relied on Ramirez as a substitute to um, to help save them. They conceded two goals in their last five away five away games. It's the worst they've had since '92. Uh, and now John Terry's in trouble. He parked in a disabled bay. Do you see that? That doesn't feel unlike. Uh, that doesn't feel unusual, does it? No, I could imagine that. When I saw the picture, I wasn't entirely surprised. I don't even need to see the picture, and I'm already believing it. So. <laughs> but like, that's not the only way he's in trouble. Is he also in trouble because he can't play? He can't get a game. No, but he did have a big hook with uh, Mourinho at the end. There were rumours that they'd fallen out. And now they're hugging draws. Look how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Abramovich is there fiddling as everywhere around him burns. Chelsea now 15th, Newcastle 19th. Um, Arsenal are up to 4th, having won 5-2 at Leicester. Leicester now in 7th. This is a pretty good game. Leicester took the lead. Um... And they were attacking in the uh, at the Arsenal end, and then a f- fantastic break by Arsenal as they as uh, they won the ball back, and um, Walcott stuck it in down the other end after a great big charge downfield. Uh, they look ominously good, and Sanchez got a hat trick as well. You're not going to be in your fancy team, have you? I haven't. No. Um, I keep I keep keeping Hazard in my team, thinking he'll come good one week. Ross had him as captain, so he was pretty smug. Oh, was he? Well, we'll scoot past this one then. Um, <laughs> well, in City's run, they've not had very many clean sheets. They've been iffy at the back, but they've been uh, reliant on sort of outscoring the opposition. Fardy scored for his fourth game in a row, but no Mares, of course, scoring. And that's the problem, isn't it? As soon as they start conceding and not being able to outscore the opposition, that's where they're going to come and stuff. Uh, yeah, I do think that maybe we should take a little take a back step on bigging up Arsenal and remembering that that maybe this is closer to what we think Leicester really are. Yeah. It couldn't continue forever, could it? No, obviously not. No, no one was expecting that. But I'm not going to get over some of the perform- turgid performances I've seen from Arsenal recently. I'm not going to get overexcited about them. No, no, not yet. Well, fair enough. Uh, Sanchez is the first player to score a hat trick in the Premier League, La Liga, and Serie A. So it's not bad, is he? Maybe Ross was right to have him as captain. Um, That's pretty impressive. It's not bad at all, is it? 
Uh, Athea Walcott, who's not a centre forward, has scored 12 in 13 starts. Okay, but he's still. Let's not. Let's be realistic. We let, he's still not our centre forward, is he? Uh, no, much <laughs> as he likes to think he is. That's that's that tells, doesn't quite tell the whole truth. No, no. I think you'd still want Giroud up front if you could. If you were playing a sort of number nine or something, you wouldn't want Walcott to be your number nine. No. Um, I don't know what it is, but maybe it's just. Maybe it was just that I was a little bit higher on Arsenal and now they've just really let me down, so I've gone a little bit too far down on them. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, it's obvious he's not a striker. He believes he is, and he can point to this 12 and 13 and see, see, I'm a striker. Yeah, but... Being the number nine, figuratively at least, for a club, is all about... It's as much about when you score your goals as about... As about how many you score. Mm. And I can't really think about too many of those Theo goals, but when did, when, when did he score against Leicester? When, was he? Oh, it was the equaliser. He scored. But I know what you're thinking. Did he score the third in a 3 0 win and all that sort of thing? Exactly. Well, you think back to Zago, he, he, he scored the only goal in a game when they lost 2 0. They were already 2 0 down. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I understand. I think he's got a inflation of his own ego as well he's convinced he looks like Lewis Hamilton if you watch that racism advert that Arsenal did which I didn't he does he does look a bit like Lewis Hamilton do you think there's a there's a little bit there if you squint and imagine Lewis Hamilton then he would do I can't imagine he does well that's the definition of it isn't it well no imagine no just imagine a picture of Lewis Hamilton if you look at a picture of Lewis Hamilton I don't think of Theo Walcott I think you bell and you dump Nicole Scherzinger probably first, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think of uh, Theo Walcott. Well, if you make if you take Lewis Hamilton and give him some um, some posh South Coast schooling, yeah, then he probably would be a bit more like Theo Walcott and vice versa. If you made took Theo Walcott and made him feel like he wanted to try and pretend to be a little bit more gangster, <laughs> he has. He's done very street this year, hasn't he, Lewis uh, Hamilton? Yeah, I was trying to make the. I was trying. To, make a point arguing with Colin about that at the end of last season just after he won the title and then he started posing in the for these photos with um with Nicole Schwarzenegger and he had this chain on which was probably about four inches thick and I was like you've just you're not helping my point here (laughs) yeah well he got he didn't get into Wimbledon did he as as he wants to be exactly no respect for dress codes no, indeed. Well, speaking of um, gangsters, uh, James Milner scored for Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Goldie, look, I can imagine Goldie looking chain or something. Maybe nothing more. Uh, they beat Villa 3-2, didn't they? Jude, Rudy just said, there's a number nine as well. He, um, he's great goal. Did you see that goal? I think I it was the know. second one. Deep cross from the wing. Really, really sort of deep cross. Hang, hung high in the air. Uh, he must have run about sort of 10, 15 feet. Got an enormous sort of momentum. And as he headed it, he bundled over Sacco, who could barely jump, uh, straight in the back of the net. It's probably the best goal of the game, to be honest. Um, my question to you before this podcast started was, what should, what will Liverpool do? And what would you do if you were John Henry? Regarding what Brendan will... Rodgers. This Klopp I, thing doesn't go away. I think he's done for. Rodgers. I, I think he knows he's done for, and you can tell it in the, the way he's talking at the moment. He's talking about paranoid 
He's talking about conspiracy theories to get him. He knows he's in trouble. Mm, that, yeah, that's the kind of the first step, isn't it? Yeah. Once you talk about the elephant in the room, it's no longer the elephant in the room, and now you're just going to get fired. Yeah. Um, oh, if he loses on Sunday. This is the Merseyside derby, isn't it, on Sunday? It is, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this wasn't a convincing win by any means. I can... I've been talking on Twitter tonight to somebody, uh, to the angry Bosnian fan who's a very angry Liverpool fan as well at the moment. Uh, he can't see anything changing. He thinks Liverpool will just stick with him. And what in in perpetuity? I think so. Yeah, that's from what, from what he was saying. He just doesn't think that Liverpool have just got it within them to bid him off and bring somebody else in. I mean, they talk about Klopp. The only way I can see Klopp coming in is if he sees Liverpool as some kind of vanity project for himself. You know, this once great club that has now fallen. I'm, you know, I'm Jurgen Klopp. I can bring them back up again. Well, he wasn't a, when he was at Borussia Dortmund. They weren't. They weren't at the, the peak of their powers. He took them there. Yeah. And it's um, whether he feels he can do that again, or whether he feels he deserves a, a, a bigger club. That's true. But I saw today. Story sort of coming out now where it's almost like um, Klopp's trying to do his negotiation by media already. Yeah. And there's reports in the media saying that he'll only take the job if they get rid of the transfer committee and put him in fully in charge of signings. Yeah. Which, I'm not sure how I'd feel about it if I was a Liverpool fan because Klopp wasn't fully in charge of his signings at Borussia Dortmund. Mm. So why would you start... Is, I don't understand. Maybe that story's complete tosh. Who knows? But why would you, if you're Jurgen Klopp, why would you, uh, as as someone who's been a very successful coach at Bruce Dortmund, sort of, it's almost like he's fallen into this idea of the cult of the English manager mm. and decided he wants a piece of that. You think, what, he should wait for something on the continent, should he? No, what I mean is... If you were you weren't in charge of signings at Bristol Dortmund, what makes you oh, think okay, that yeah. you should be in charge of signings at? Well, I mean, he had Royce and Lewandowski, uh, Cruz. No, Cruz not Cruz, but he had he had those two players at least went to Bayern Munich on his watch, didn't they? And maybe if it was up to him, he would have he would have wanted to keep them, but he was told he couldn't. I know Lewandowski left on a free. Um, but... There's a difference between asking to have control over the players that leave your squad. And demanding, demanding control over transfers. But transfers not count as transfers out as well as in. Well, no, I get that. But what I'm saying is, you can say, look, you you only, I only really want you to sell players if I say who they are. Um, but there's a difference between being able to judge the potential of the players that you've got at your disposal, and also being able to judge. Um, well, essentially, scout other players. Mm. They're two very different things. Ask, ask Arsene Wenger. Yeah. Uh, yes, I agree with you. I mean, it's a big ask to ask FSG to give up um, the transfer committee because they put it in place because Brendan just splurged the money away on um, players like Aspas, who scored a 50-yard run at the weekend against um, Barcelona, didn't he? Well, and that's the thing, is that there's no guarantees that Klopp wouldn't do exactly the same. Yeah. Because he doesn't have this track record of of buying brilliant players. Yeah. Um, 
it all depends on what you want what you want to do um, in term in terms of how you you want to set up your club and and sort of what you're all about. And if you think of when you had that Spurs of like five ten years ago when they bought young talented English players and sold them on and made made lots of money. Mm. Like, do Liverpool want to do something like that? Do they want? Like, it'd be a very different thing if you go and get. When we talk about clubs who could go and get Mourinho, well, you can go get Mourinho if you want, but you need to you need to bring a checkbook with you. Yeah. Because he'll sign great. He'll, he won't. He. I can't really think of many examples until recently with his fetish with right wingers, where he'll waste your money. Mm. But. He isn't identifying bargains, is he? Uh, Brendan. Well, I mean, Jose. No, Jose, sorry. Uh, Jose Mourinho's not going out and signing you, Seamus Coleman, for a quarter of a million pounds. No, I mean, he had this thing the first time around at Chelsea, didn't he? He went through an awful lot of midfielders. He had um, Robin, he had Cresma on on loan for a bit, he had Smirtin, didn't he? And then Yuri Yarosik and people like that. He did go through an awful lot of midfield players. But you think about when he spends the money, he identifies the players, it's £25 million on Michael Essien. Yeah. Like, he'll get it right, it's just costing you a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, he won't make um, an awful lot of errors. Um, well, elsewhere, uh, Johnny Harrison saved the pigeon as West Ham drew 2-2 in Norwich. Do you see that? You've really lost me. There was, before the match, there was a pigeon on the pitch in distress. And Johnny Harrison lovingly and tenderly picked it up with those soft hands of his and put it on the side of the pitch. And then wrung its neck. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then ate it for dinner. And then on with the game. It walked to the centre circle, bit its head off, poured <laughs> the blood on his head and charged. <laughs> That's happened to Les Ferdinand. Well, Les Ferdinand went on loan to Turkey. Um, he walked out into the pitch to be introduced to all the fans and he sacrificed a sheep and poured blood in his head. That's not what you want. No, he had, he, had, not... he, had, he had to play with it all on his head as well. Jesus, you at least want some warning about that. Well, yeah, the, well, I think if you did, you wouldn't go. <laughs> That's probably why they didn't tell him. That's true. Uh, so beat Bournemouth 2-1. They've got first win of the season. Um, Callum Wilson has done his knee as well, so that'll end those Callum Wilson for England stories for the time being. So uh, Saints beat Swansea 3-1. Swansea seem to have fallen off a cliff the last couple of weeks, haven't they? No IU scoring, no Gomez scoring. All of a sudden, they look in trouble. They do, yeah. Um, impressive win by Southampton. Yeah, definitely. Some good goals in this one as well. Um, Manchester United beat Sunderland at Sunderland bottom. Uh, United now top. Uh, Rooney scored his first goal for 999 minutes, I think I saw. Is that right? And it was a... I heard something similar to that, yeah. Mm. And it wasn't, pretty, it wasn't a pretty goal, was it? No. It's good if you've got an OCD, though. Uh, and then yesterday, uh, Palace beat Watford 1-0. Uh, Palace have got nine... Away wins in 12 under Pardew. They're up to 6th now. He, he seems to get his away games right, doesn't he? He just struggle a bit more at home. Very impressive. And that's strange because they weren't previously so good at home. Uh, under Pulis. Well, just in general because they had such a great... Um, they had such a great atmosphere at Selhurst Park. Mm. That you really felt that they, were, they could get, get, club, get into teams and they could get them on the rack easily. Yeah. Yeah, you you think Sohurst Park with its sort of fans close to the pitch and all that sort of thing, with some kind of fortress, but it's it's just not quite that, is it? Um, Champions League this week, English teams Chelsea are away at 
Porto. Um, head-to-head, they played four times. Chelsea won four, draw one draw, and one win for Porto. Um, but Porto have only conceded uh, more than one goal once in their last 34 Champions League games at home. So they're, they're pretty good at home. They won the they won the derby the week against Benfica, didn't they? They won that one one 0 It's not a derby, though, is it? Come not a derby. Wow. What did they cut that thing? I think it's got its own classico. Some sort of classico grounding, I imagine. Yeah, whatever it, whatever classico is in Portuguese. They called it that. That was good. Did you see the pyrotechnics on that with the, with the Portuguese uh, with the uh, Porto fans with the the bull's head. I did not know what happened. Uh, you've got a, a big flag in the shape of a bull covering uh, one end of the ground and everybody underneath it. Two oh, holes for eyes and then the fire comes out the eyes. I heard about this on, on one of those podcasts that we steal things from. That's right. Uh, where they talked about how it was like some sort of paper mache thing that could have caught on fire. Yeah, it was a health, yeah health and safety would not have had... Would not never, have happened, do it. never have happened in this country. No. <laughs> the people in high visits would put a stop to it. No pyro, no party. Exactly. Uh, Iker Casillas is set to overtake Xavi as the all-time Champions League appearances with 152, should he play. Um, what do you reckon for this one, Porto or Chelsea? Uh, Chelsea. Yeah. But let's just put, even as a, that's a lot of appearances in the Champions League, isn't it? 152 is, isn't it? Yeah. When you think that, how many can you, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12. Can you make 13 in a season if you get to the final? Yeah, I seem to remember him making his debut in about 99-2000 as some fresh-faced 18-year-old. I think he was even younger than that. Was he? I think so. It was the year they won the Champions League, I think. Was it the one where Steve McManaman scored? No, you tested me. That feels, but I feel like that was 2002. Was it? Maybe it was before or that. Or was that... It was, 2002 was the um, was that the might Zidane be goal. Zidane did it at Hamden, yeah. That's right. I think it was a bit early. I think McManaman scored. I think it was the one against Valencia. I think was the one where he made his his, his debut that season. Because I think he had Canizares in the other goal with his mad eyes. But yeah, 152. That's a phenomenal number, isn't it? Yeah. Well, as we said, when you can only make 13 in a season if you get to the final. And he had Diego Lopez in goal those other times, didn't he? When was that? It was that last season, the season before, or the season before when he found out no, Ronaldo, wasn't it? He was playing the Champions League games, I think. Oh, was he? All right. Yeah, they, okay. they went all Barcelona on it. Oh, did they? <laughs> Although Barcelona copied them, to be fair, as always. Oh uh, well, they might not be copying them anymore if they're not in the uh, La Liga. Now the Catalans have got their way. Got their way with what? Did you see they the yes, they, the, the elections in Catalonia? As in elections or a, a referendum? It was elections. So the pro-independence party won something like 48% of the vote, which they think is some kind of mandate to declare independence in the next sort of 18 years, two months or so. so That's not really how it works, is it? Not really. But President Pep might not be uh, too far uh, too far a possibility. Um, Arsenal versus Olympiacos in Group F. Arsenal obviously lost last time out. Um, they played each other before. Four times in the last seven... Years they played each other in the Champions League group stages. Um, Olympiacos' record in England, play 12, lost 12. Well done. Yeah. That's, that's another one of those poor records, you might as well do it properly things, isn't it? Yes. I <laughs> uh, also lost 5 out of 11 at home in the Champions League, though. They haven't got a choice, they need to sort that out. They do really, don't they? Because, I mean, Monaco was the, um, the, the last time they played at home in the Champions League, wasn't it? 
and that was an absolute car crash. Yeah. You can't see it happen again at the NPR cost, though, can you? Um, no, no, I can't. Especially not with the stats you're giving me here. No. Ken Biasso's at NPR cost, isn't he? Well, that tells me all I need to know. <laughs> got an aged Argentinian playing for them. Yeah. Uh, City. Manchester City are away at Borussia Mönchengladbach. This is quite a tough one, I think. It is indeed. Sorry, Chris, I've got to stop you, because in the last two minutes... Two of my fantasy football players have just scored. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Dawson for West Brom to make it 2 0, and now Lukaku's just scored. It's 2 1. 2 1 to. 2 1 to West Brom. 2 1 to West Brom. Okay. Who's Dawson? Craig Dawson. Yeah. So you're happy. So well, well, if he stays this way, how do you feel at the end? You've got fantasy points, but your team's lost. Yeah, I'm still unhappy. I, I hate fantasy football for this very reason. <laughs> I'm the same. I think it's the devil's work, but I don't seem to have a choice but to play it. Yeah. When you're willing someone to score against your team because you've got their captain or something. Yeah, it's, it's just wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I think this is going to be quite a tough one. No English team has won in... Has, has, has won in where is it? Is it in Gladbach or is it in Borussia? I have no idea. What do you mean? Is it in the place? I think it's, <laughs> yeah. I think it's, Glad, I think it's Gladbach. That's the place, is it? I think so. Is it? I mean, I've never been to Germany, so... No, I was four. I can't remember much. Yeah, um, really, that's not true. I've been to Munich Airport. Yeah. Connecting flight, so... I'm basically a local. OK, then. So you use your um, your local knowledge, then. So I think Gladbach's the place, isn't it? Uh, their English team has won there, anyway. They've drawn one and lost four. Uh, and the last time they didn't score at home in, in Europe was in 1987. Again... It falls under the Arsenal category. Of you, you've got, got to get something going because otherwise you're in real trouble. Yeah, definitely. They lost 3-0 to Seville in, in uh, round one. Gladbach did. I I quite fancy them for this one. You don't want to be looking at having to go to um, the Juventus Arena and needing a result on the last the last match day. No. Because that's a recipe for bad things happening. Yeah, I mean, you can quite easily see City going to the next... Uh, I can't remember who the other team is in their group, but you can quite easily see them going into that with, with no is points. It, is it... Is it... Oh, Bait Borisoft? No, Seville. Sorry. Okay. Well, Seville, exactly. You can quite easily see them going into the round four with no points, can't you? Oh, what? With a head-to-head against Seville? Yeah. If they... If they, they can see, you can easily see them losing this much, and you can see them not getting anything or even a draw in the in the next game. Yeah, so that's why you, it needs to start now. Yeah. They can't do what they did last season every year. They've got, they got to sort of take the ball by the horns at one point. Um, United are at home to Wolfsburg. Manchester United are home to Wolfsburg. They've played in the group stages before uh, and won twice. Uh, United's record is 1-10 out of 14 versus German teams, so they're not that bad. They're not, and I imagine that... that... That of those four, they probably involved Bayern Munich. Uh, yeah, well, they would have done in nine ten, wouldn't they? Well, that was the one where um, that's that fantastic Robin goal. Do you remember that one from the corner of the box? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, that was that goal. That's an amazing goal. <sighs> uh, well, everything we, he does is amazing, really. But we can't just re- reminisce about old Champions League games, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. That's a separate podcast in itself, actually. <laughs> Um, well, how do you think they're going to get on on Wednesday? Then? Um, I think it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, 
Um, I think they'll get a result. I'm not going to say what that result will be. Or who they are. As in, um, they're not going to lose the game. Who's they? Uh, Man United. They're not going to lose. Okay, so you think no. it could be a draw or a win for them. Uh, well, Wolfsburg, they beat CSK Moscow, didn't they? 1-0. Draxler scored, didn't he, before. Um, so even though they've lost to Bruyne, where are they? They're third in the table, aren't they? In the Bundesliga. Oh, no, they're fourth, aren't they? Because I think Schalke are third, aren't they? And then what's that? But buying Dortmund and Bayern. Yeah, Bayern of seven out of seven so far. Um, what are the Champions League games? You've got a Messi-less Barcelona um, with tax dodging Javi Mascarano and Neymar uh, at home to Leverkusen. Bayern, aforementioned Bayern at home to Dinamo Zagreb. Leon at home to Valencia. That's a pretty good game, isn't it? I mean, it is tough to feel that sorry for um, for, for for Barcelona not having Messi, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh no, now, now, <laughs> now you've only got Neymar and Suarez. You just got those two. Just regretting. You're going to regret selling Pedro now. They will. They will. Maybe Afolay as well. Which is interesting. So, who is going to be that third? Maybe um, I can't remember his now name now. Some youth. Well, beginning with M. Mateo? No, he's a fullback, isn't he? The one who played, um, who played number nine when Swa- while Suarez was banned last season. Don't know. Tello's not back there, is he? Uh, I believe no. I don't believe Tello's there, and obviously Delafeu is on the pitch today at um, Everton. So maybe they go four four two. Mix it up, yeah. Mm. You never know. This one I'm quite looking forward to: Malmo versus Real Madrid. Uh, why? I don't know. I just get a feeling that this is Rafa's Real Madrid, isn't it? I don't know. For some reason, I kind of think there might be an upset there. So you're saying, that you, as a Liverpool fan, you think Rafa's going to fail in Europe? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see that the, the nine ten Champions League season lingers more in my mind than the uh, two thousand and five or two thousand and seven one. I don't know. I just kind of think that. It's got sort of a difficult match written over all over it. That one was that the was the nine ten one after he decided that that trying to sign Gareth Barry was better than having Xavi Alonso. That's the one, yeah. That's when we lost and, to Debrechen and people like that. And then he didn't even manage to sign Gareth Barry, but had managed to suitably piss off Xavi Alonso. Yeah, exactly. Ah, ma- management is best. Yeah, man, yeah. So Stephen Jarrod obviously thought that as well, doesn't he? If you've read his book. Um, PSG away to Shakhtar Donetsk Juve at home to Sevilla and Atletico at home to Benfica any of them grab your fancy? Um, Atletico against Benfica would be nice yeah um, I like Luciao he's a good defender isn't he? I think you need to have I think there was sometimes a little bit of a problem with some of the the group stages in the Champions League. Sometimes there's mismatches. Mm. And also, you just need to get a little bit further into it just so you know how important the games are. Yeah. Because, like we said, if you look at that, at Arsenal losing away at Zagreb, for example, not a great result, but Arsenal losing away to Zagreb in week four, perhaps, when yeah. you know what the, the group looks like a lot more, yeah. then the bad times... No, I, yeah, I understand your point. We've got, they've got another sort of four or five games to make this up, haven't they? Whereas, yeah, it's towards mean, the end. It has a little bit more drama to it, because it's a bit more immediate. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, right, well, that's the end of our Champions League roundup. We now move on to our five science section where we pick a uh, we pick a name out of the hat. And this week we've gone for Spurs, so we're going to pick a five-a-side team um, with full of the sort of best Premier League players that played for them in that era. Uh, so you go ahead and tell me your team. Right, so I've gone for Hugo Lloris in goal. Yeah. Um, Hugo Lloris in goal. Uh, Ledley King in, as my defender. Yeah. A midfield of um, Gareth Bale and Luka Modric. Yep. And then I wanted to go for Robbie Keane, but he as did. there seems to be some sort of complete uh, men in black style. Uh, we flashy thinged Robbie um, Keane. Yeah, out of, out, of Tottenham, out of Tottenham's recent history, I've had to, had to go Jermaine Defoe to make my decision even worthwhile. Okay, this is tactical voting, this is. Isn't this is uh, why, um, this is sort of single transferable vote or something. I had to make myself relevant. Uh, right, a couple of others we've got. Um, at Bright Lily White, who runs the Spurs podcast Echoes of Glory, he's gone for Larice King, Modric, Bell, Defoe, which I think is the same as yours, isn't it? Uh, at Greener underscore 16, who sits next to me at work, he's gone for Larice King, Modric, Bell, Ginola. Um, I went for Larice King, Modric, Bell, Sheringham. Uh, Mark's gone for Larice King, Bell, Ginola, Defoe. At Alwyn Spurs has gone for Larice King, Ginola, Bale, Sheringham. Uh, and at Clarkie85 has gone for Larice King, Dembele, Ginola, Bale. Uh, so. I reckon that team Mark's picked is, but it's first, it's the youngest one he's picked so far. You see, he's another one who's trapped back in the day, isn't he? And two, I'm surprised he hasn't tried to pick Peter Beardsley. <laughs> he may have driven bywards. Well, he, no, he, couldn't, he couldn't quite have had Gaza, could he? Uh... He left in 92 to go to Lazio, didn't he? Oh, no. He just missed out. Just missed out. But, yeah, I think if he would have done, he could have done. He could still go for... Um... We did Everton, didn't we? We have done, yeah. Yeah, I think Manchester City can still go for Peter Beardsley. Uh, the only two things I can think about at the moment, is, is, this is a good team for anagrams, because an anagram of David Gin Loner is Vagina Dildo, and an anagram of Teddy Sheringham is He'd Shag Dirty Men. How do you know that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to do. You know, I don't know how to do wire a plug or do DIY around the house, but I remember things like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Larice quite clearly is the winner. We've had seven votes for Larice. The only other votes we had was for Walker, Robinson, and Ben Alnwick. Now, I can't We're not think... taking Tom seriously. So, no, Tom was Ben Alnwick, Bunyachevich, uh, Nebet, Tyner, and Pestiga. I can't really think of any of them. So we're, we're pretty conclusive again for Larice in goal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in defence. Ledley King got seven votes. Gary Mabbott, um, Bunicevic and Vertonghen got one each. I did try thinking back in the day about Mabbott or maybe even the um, the C word, Campbell. But I believe it's I believe it's the J word. Yes. <laughs> I listened to an interview with him once, um, and he said that the match the first time he went back was um, with Everton, with um, Arsenal to White Hart Lane. He saw his brother in the crowd booing him. <laughs> Which, to this day, he still hasn't forgiven him for. He says that like this has properly affected their relationship, this has. He should have just claimed he was doing it under duress. Well, that's what... It, yeah, that's what I... There was um, the tale of a referee that... Um, it was at Crystal Palace, and all the referee was... All the fans are singing, the referee's a wanker. And uh, his wife joined in, because she didn't want to be recognised. <laughs> <laughs> like someone's going to say... Like, you see a woman in a crowd not, not singing that, and the first thing you think is... He, you must be married to the referee. 
<laughs> well, that's what I thought. No one's ever going to know, are they? But she unless joined she in. Had, unless she had, like, his spare yellow, red and yellow cards on her. Well, like, this was back in the day. So this was probably when they had the sort of the green-shirted referees at the start of the Premier League era. What, you think she... She had a replica kit? Think, yeah. <laughs> With Durkin on the back or something like that. <laughs> Uriah Rene. Yes. <laughs> um... So we're going for Ledley King, I suppose. This is all pretty easy stuff so far, isn't it? They I mean, they, those two are sort of way out in front. Uh, now, this is where it gets a little bit tricky. Now, you've got Modric on, who's had five votes. Gareth Bale's had nine. How many votes? So, did Bale get in everyone's team? Did Bale get in everyone's team? Um, la, 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 la. Yes, he did. So, there's four, too few votes for Luka Modric. How who, how have you not... Have you picked him? Did I pick Modric? Yeah, I did. I picked Modric. Okay. Uh, Modric has got five. Uh, and then he's generally with four. Sheringham and Defoe with three each. And then Sam Waste and Belly, Klinsman, Pastiga, Tyno, Nabet, all got one each. Um, thinking about your five-a-side team, there's a sort of structure of the five-a-side. You'd want Bale in there as some kind of pacey player, wouldn't you? Yes. He's got to be a given, really, isn't he? There's no way you could not have him. Well, Bale? Yeah. Especially not with nine votes. Yeah, but as you say, people are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I voted for him, so... Oh, right, fair enough. Not in this case. <laughs> uh, OK, so we're left then with... I think you have to go with Modric as well, because he's the one who controls the game and keeps the ball. That's my reason for picking him as well. Yeah, so he can sort of sit back and cover while Bale dashes off and supports either Sheringham, Defoe or Ginla. It's the same reason that Colin was so adamant that we had Paul Scholes in our Man United team. That's right, yeah, he fought for his man, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he's not here. We would at least have one vote for Harry Kane. <laughs> um, right, so we've got Sheringham, Defoe, Ginla. My reason picking Sheringham is you've got you don't want anybody pacey like Jinder in that team. You want some kind of sort of thinking player um, that can, in a sort of fast-paced five-a-side team, can have can create time on the ball and um, and, and slot away with the service apply to him. But you've gone for Defoe, haven't you? He was a bit more pacey. But a better finisher. Oh, do you think? Yeah. By a lot. But uh, Sheringham was more of a second striker, wasn't he? Yeah, you just talk and feel for a minute while I Google Sheringham stats. <laughs> for for me, Sheringham was more of a player who um, played on the fringes of that striker and uh, played around. And, and I, I imagine that we probably struggled to get them, but I, my guess would be that he was more of a, um, as much of a provider as he was a scorer of chances. Yeah. Um, right, now this is where my maths is. What's 166 at 70? Um, 236. Okay, so in two spells, over 236 Spurs appearances, he scored 76, 86, no, he scored 98 goals. So what's that, Mark? It's like... 23? 90, 93, did you say? 98 goals, sorry, in 236. It's not one in three, it's closer to being... Um, it's nearly one in two. Is it? So yeah. You're, you're, you're the accountant on the moment with that. It, I'm the one without a GCSE in math. It, it's it's about one in one in it's um so it's about one in two point 
Well, it's one in nearly two point three. Right. Okay. Right. I definitely need a um, a calculator for Jermaine Defoe then, because <laughs> we've got. <laughs> hang on one second. Let me get my calculator up. We've got a, a lot of spells. Yeah, we've got. Yeah, we've got three. We've got one hundred and thirty-five at one hundred and thirty-nine. Add some of it with two. That's two hundred and seventy-six appearances. Uh, and he scored forty-three at forty-seven. So that's eighty-seven. Oh, so Sharon will score more goals. Eighty-seven, eighty-eight goals he scored. So yeah, he scored more goals. Yeah, but like you say, I remember he scored in his debut, didn't he? Um, Defoe. I was going to say, if you're talking about Sharon's <laughs> debut, I cannot remember that. No, when he's because he he had that sort of the way he left West Ham. He ended the transfer request, didn't he? The day after they went down, uh, and then he joined Spurs, and I'm sure he scored on his debut as well. Um, but yeah, I always thought Teddy Shane would have had a better goal ratio. But he's, on, not got, he's not got the pace, is he? Just that's just a just a little byproduct as we're reminiscing, mm. talking of debuts. That today is the day that um, Wayne Rooney scored a hat trick on his debut for Manchester United. Oh, in the Champions League, yeah, was it against Fenerbahce? Against Fenerbahce. Well, Saturday was the anniversary of Paolo Di Canio pushing over um, Paul Alcock. Well, it's all been going off. That's it. It's the week of anniversaries. Uh, so, yeah, that's the difference between Sheringham and Defoe. That's why I picked Sheringham. The other ones we've got in there, like I say, you've got um, Ginla with four. Um, Ginla with four votes. And we didn't pick him in the Newcastle team. I don't know if that's got any influence or not. I tend to think that G- Ginola wasn't that good. G- right, OK. Uh, not as in, uh, as in he was terrible, but I think that you have to be careful when you're talking about some of the foreign players that played in the Premier League around that time because that is not, compared to what we're looking at now, that is not when we were seeing the cream of, the, the cream of this international crop. You were Gerard Houllier on this one, are you, over Ginola? Well, not... Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. That's the only way I can answer that question. <laughs> well, I mean, Spurs fans love him, but that's mainly for that goal he scored against Barnsley. But do you know what I mean as a general rule about some of these players? Yeah, a lot of them were coming over here for one sort of final payday, weren't they? Well, have you... Ravanelli, for example. Yeah. How how good, really, was Fabrizio Ravanelli? Uh, he was good. I mean, I remember when he scored for Juve one time, they said it was his first goal in like a year or something ridiculous like that. But yeah, you know, I, I, see, I see what you mean. And I see what you're saying. Um, but the Spurs fans do remember him fondly, don't they? That goal against Barnsley, for example. Ginola also, for me, doesn't pass that um, that test of... I did say that, we, for, that um, for picking any of the players that I have to be able to shut my eyes and when I think of that player, I need to think of them in a Spurs kit. Right, and can you think of him in a Spurs kit? That goal against Barnsley, for example? Uh, I can do, but it's not what I think of when I think of... When I, when I think of them, and that's especially relevant for players who um, who have retired, I think. Yeah. I, the other thing I was thinking, we, we don't really need Ginola if we've got Bale, do we? We definitely don't, know. No. OK, so we're in a shootout then between Defoe and Sheringham. Have those stats swayed you? <sighs> I don't know if they have. But I think that now I'm just being stubborn, and it's also a little bit to do with with just the, just a different... Well, I think we've got a, a philosophical clash here. Uh, yeah, my reason for picking him was Sheringham's got that sort of thinking time that you don't normally get in five-a-side. But on the other hand, I didn't used to like him much as a person or a player. 
I've just gone with the idea that you put the, you just keep putting the ball into Defoe's feet and he buries it. You, how many times you give him? You give him five chances. How many of them is he going to score compared to? Teddy? Yes, granted, but we've got Modric and Bale, so we can give him those chances. We can take a passenger. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And Aruna Kone has just scored. I, I, I love Aruna Kone. I think he's great. Uh, all right, so we've gone for Defoe. So we've got Hugo Lloris in goal, Ledley King in defence, then we've got uh, Gareth Bale, Luka Modric and Jermaine Defoe. That makes our team up for Spurs. Um, you got any comments on that, you can tweet us at Man on the Post and uh, let us know whether you agree with us or not, or whether you think we should have had Sheringham or um, Gin Lauren. Uh If you disagree vehemently with Adam, how do they follow you? Um, they don't. They don't? You have no Twitter? Yeah, well, I don't have disagreements. <laughs> This is the one of disagreements because you're always right. Is that what it exactly. is? Exactly. There we go. If um, you want to tell Adam how right he is, how do they follow you? Well, if you want to find out where you can find out information that's right all the time, it's AdamSA101. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, at Man on the Post is the Twitter handle for um, uh, for Man on the Post, if you've got anything regards to disagreements or anything else on this podcast. Um, have you got any more articles up on your fantasy team? I have. I did my... Um, you did your homework? I, I did my pre-week seven diary. Yeah. Um, there'll be another one up sometime later this week, probably. Right, OK. So they can... I'll probably wait until after the Champions League games now, because I don't want to make a fool of myself with a Vincent Company injury like last time. Is it you've fallen foul of that before, have you? I have, yeah. Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. Uh, so, um, the, play... Go on. There was also, um, just also, Ross put up an article. Oh, did he? He's doing his... Um, He's doing, a, in the same way I'm doing a diary of fantasy football, he's doing a diary of uh, of his um, his betting at the weekend. So he's giving um, giving everyone a bet. I think he was very unlucky this week, actually. Was he? Um, he had uh, he had Chelsea, so he was obviously he was he was stitched up by Steve McLaren, and he hates Steve McLaren already. So <laughs> that's not going to help. <laughs> um, but he did have a great pick on. Uh, I think it was Arsenal to win in both teams to score in the Leicester game. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. So, it's been a bit of a mixed bag, but he'll get you there. Okay. Um, so, if you want to follow the secret diary of Ross Belt, then manofthepost.com is the website. Uh, any reviews that you would like to leave us on iTunes are gratefully received. Any five-star reviews are even more gratefully received. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. And any good reviews get us pushed further up the charts. Uh, we shall be back this time next week. So all that remains to be said is always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>